60 songs that explain the 90s are back and in their final stretch. The Ringer's music critic Rob Harvilla curates and explores 60 iconic songs from the 90s that define the decade. Rob is joined by a variety of guests to break it all down as they turn back the clock. Check out 60 songs that explain the 90s exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to the Ringer Prestige TV show. It's the Succession Precap. MCs act like they don't know. It's Chris Ryan with Waz. <laughs> uh, we're back after a Thanksgiving break. We're here to get you ready for the penultimate episode of Succession this season and to talk a little bit about what we saw at Kendall's birthday. And I also, I didn't get Waz's take on uh, picking a president or also uh, competitive diner food eating. Waz, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm just trying to pod the demons out. That's it. That's all I'm doing out here, man. Are you, uh, just, are you anti-fragile at this point? Are you uh, full nut-nut? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all of it. It's just, you know, we program bangers here strictly at the ringer. So we're just trying to keep the bangers consistent. That's what I wanted to talk to you about first, actually. Is like, I don't want to like at all put a, a ceiling on where you can go professionally because like honestly you're a rocket ship I'm just trying to grab onto the back but <laughs> I do feel like if maybe you wanted to dial it down and, and be a little bit less forward facing like Kendall's rap curator is a is an interesting gig for for you and frankly for me like either one of us I feel like could could bring a lot to the table there it's so easy that would be such an easy ass job because Kendall like Kendall's vague or general interest in black culture, for lack of a better way to phrase it, is so hilarious. And it's my favorite detail about the character. It's like, he's all of these things and he's the type of guy who at a party is like, yeah, I love rap, but only from the 90s though. Yeah. He's no, one of those white dudes, right? Like, yeah, like I only like the golden era stuff. Like, so it'd be so easy to program a bunch of you know, boot camp click and then obviously tribe. This guy's listening to a ton of tribe. It's just he just grabs the biggest DJ premiere playlist he can find <laughs> and lets it ride. Do you, what do you think is the most contemporary rap Ken gets into? Do you think he had a Gucci, a Gucci main phase? Like kind of like for a second there, people are nah, like Nah, I think his most contemporary is Eminem. Because <laughs> you can't call yourself a good white person who likes rap and not be into Eminem. You're bad at being a white rap fan if you're not at least into the earlier M, right? right? Like, obviously, postmodern M, late period M, you know, I'm not afraid. I don't think we need to do that. I don't think Kendall does that. No, Kendall is definitely, like, if it came out of D&D Studios, it's for Kendall. Uh, it's for Kendall. 100%. I was kind of thinking, like, I could see Kendall being into Cole. You know what I mean? Like, at this, at this sure. stage. Yeah. 
Cole and Kendrick, yeah, the projection of golden era raps for sure. That that's very spot on, actually, on your part. And I was trying to think, like, does Cole get an invite to the fortieth? I definitely think that. I definitely think the email got sent. I don't know if he attends, but it just feels like something where it would be like, yeah, man, like C Cole's coming. Kendrick Cole, TDE's coming. Cole, <laughs> Cole got the invite. However, Q-Tip's actually DJing the event. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the, yeah. that's what that's what's really happening over there. I could see Q-Tip. I could see Questlove on, on the decks. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Do you think you would have gone? Had you had you been in New York and you'd been and somebody was like, "We're going to go through Kendall's. We're going to go to the treehouse." <laughs> would I have gone? I would have been the first person there. <laughs> Last one. Are leave. you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. The open bar, the hors d'oeuvres, the people watching. Yeah. I mean, are you shitting me? I would have been there asaply. The birth canal tunnel? Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> you know, that tunnel actually looks like the artwork for um, Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop show. <laughs> you don't remember that? Like, it was like vagina wall uh, um, artwork. I don't think Gwyneth I ever Paltrow saw that. Google that. Okay. You, <laughs> you'll be happy that you I'll did. I'll save it for after the pod. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit, just generally speaking, how have you felt about the last two episodes and where the season is headed? I love it. I, I like again. I hate to sound like such a fanboy. I just really feel like they're clicking on all cylinders. And this episode, in particular, I think this is the most gut wrenching, messed up, saddest episode. Like even more so than you know season one, where Kendall like clearly lost because he helped kill a guy and his dad gets him out of it, right? But, you know, at least, like, in that, as messed up as it is, like, your dad is keeping you out of prison. That's true. Like, sure, you don't get to be the CEO of the company, but he's keeping you out of the pokey, bro. Right. There's um, some, like, there's some paternal really, love there in some... Yeah, like, that's not really that messed up. Like, this is just, like, the, what happens at the end of this episode, I was just like, wow, this is tough to watch. Holy smokes. Yeah, and it seems like it comes for all of them, right? Like, Ken obviously is 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 shattered by the end of this past episode. The Every every character gets a moment where you're just like, oh, I feel like so awkward for you. Like, Shiv's dancing. I think Roman's pretty successful attempt at, like, public ridicule and bullying of his brother still does. You're still like, Jesus Christ, is that really who you are? Although I guess... In the previous episode, when he's just like trying to usher in a state of fascism to the United States, we're like, yeah, <laughs> that is who he is. But yeah, nobody really comes off well. Nobody really enjoys themselves at this party. Yeah, it's it's interesting the way they set it up. It's like, all right, is this going to be one of those fun, kooky type of things the way Tom's bachelor party was, right? Where like, obviously, our favorite episode from season one with the coke and the molly and the sex club of it all and... Which, I don't know, might say something about me and Chris <laughs> <laughs> that we care not to admit on this pod. We, but like, like, we it, like to socialize. That's it. That's it. Regular. Regular stuff. Um, the way this episode unfolded, they kind of, you know, it was a sleight of hand where we thought, oh, we're going to do like a little funhouse type of situation the, the way we did in season one. And then it just slowly but surely starts unraveling, right? Where... Tom is like, yo, why is everybody down? And Shiv's like, shut up. Like, stop letting people harsh and mellow. Like, you should be happy that you're staying out of the pokey, right? Uh, like, it's just 
the way they slowly unravel this thing. And I think a lot of the, a big theme of the episode too, is just like envy and jealousy, right? Um, you see the siblings being jealous of one another, but mainly freaking Roman in that spot, which I thought was so like as callous and as cold as it seemed, I feel what Roman is saying because they, the two of them have done everything they can to be, to put themselves in the position that Roman has. And so like this idea that he shouldn't be celebrating or gloating when they tried their hardest to screw him out of that spot, undermined him at every single turn so, so that they could be the ones in that position. Like the idea that he wouldn't wave this in front of their faces. Like I kind of feel him. not that I would personally do that to my brother or sister, but I kind of feel him, you know? Yeah. And then Roman's like, I guess his, uh, Retor adoption of like the rhetorical style of the like shitlord right where it's just like everything is a joke and everybody's <laughs> feelings are ridiculous and everything is kind right. of just like for laughs is pretty effective when you're doing like sibling rivalry stuff because you can just constantly be like this isn't real this is just this is all funny I kind of did wonder whether or not he wanted Kendall to take a shot at him you know because like that would whether that would be because he has some sort of sadomasochistic streak or whether it would just be so bad for Kendall to to punch his brother in a public setting like that. I thought that that like hit me like that that bit where he was like trying to egg Kendall on into taking a swing at him was really fascinating. Well, it's interesting that you use the like right wing sort of trollish behavior online. And that's what that is, mm -hmm. right? Like that's where the original term from troll comes from. It's like a bunch of people who are doing something solely for reaction. Like that, all he wants is a reaction. Like that, the, getting punched by Kendall would have made him bust a nut, one hundred percent, right? Because um, like all he wants is to see people get pissed, get sad, get angry. Right. He wants to elicit emotions from people. So yeah, he one hundred percent wanted him to punch. That would have made him feel incredible because again, he's riding this euphoric high of like I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. I'm the number two. I'm the next in line. Everybody loves me. He calls himself the world's greatest businessman. Like, sort of tongue-in-cheek, but not really. You know, like, he's riding an emotional high. He's like, fuck you guys, because I know for a fact, if you guys were in my position, you'd be doing the same thing. Because just think about the self-satisfaction of shit. Like, thanks. Th you should be thanking me for saving the company, Dad. Yeah. Or, you know, Kendall <laughs> That's a good like, shit invitation. <laughs> <laughs> or when Kendall's like, yeah, you guys stole my idea. You know, like that's all they do. They take credit. They yeah. gloat whenever they have the smallest wins. So this tracks what Roman is doing. Yeah. Roman is essentially like the manifestation of I'm, I'm not mad. I'm actually laughing. You know, like <laughs> and it's interesting that the last two episodes in each case, I think both Shiv and other members of the family have wanted to kind of horn in and be like, okay, well, let me now, I'll, I'll, I'll finish things. I'll, I'll seal the deal. And Shiv even says to Roman when he's doing the Gojo stuff, he's like, she's like, well, we might need to finesse it. And he's just like, you're not finessing a guy who wants to take a piss on a, on a mobile phone. Like the, the whole point is that these people who are now in charge of these huge companies or in charge of these political movements are actually more like me than they're like you. They're not refined. They're not business school. They're not law school. They're, they're freaks and I'm a freak and we communicate with each other. Yep. Yeah. It's, 
you know, we didn't get people to hit me on the on the internet like, yo, are we going to talk about episode six? Because, you know, I guess people understand that, like, I, I care about the politics of it yeah. all, real or imagined. Um, yeah, Roman, again, his emotional intelligence and self-awareness is beyond everybody else's on the show. Um, like, the line, my favorite line from episode six was like, Fashion was, you know, as cool as fascism is, it's not, right? Like, that's so such fascism a brilliant, is cool, but it's not. But it's not. Like, in a sense, like, like, honestly, Chris, like, go on your history channel. Go on Netflix, World War II in color, Inglorious Bastards. But, like, all we do is fetishize this shit. So it is cool. We do want to consume it, but we want to be repulsed by it too, right? Like, so that's why that line is so genius to me. Cause it's like people are interested in this stuff, but it is pretty disgusting, right? And again, like it's just Roman's understanding of people, um, especially these kinds of people, uh, that that is just, you know, incredible. Cause it's like, Look, this presidential candidate dude is just is just an unrestrained Roman, right? Like it's it's just uh, you know, if Roman had no scruples, if if Roman didn't have an actual family and an empire where they did have to like some pretense of image upkeep and image making, right? Like if they he didn't have to abide by any of that, that's who he would be, right? He if he he'd be an unvarnished crazy person for sure. Um, so he understands these guys. And I think that's what he's trying to explain to Shiv. Like, Shiv, like, you're not going to get in a room with Elon Musk and speak his language. Kanye does that. <laughs> okay? that That's who hangs out with each other in freaking Wyoming. It's not Elon Musk and freaking Chelsea Clinton. No. Those people, those two things don't go together. Um, and again, like, the show is just genius at depicting these angles. What did you think in that in that episode six, the, the moment where they're sort of at the end debating who to pick and and Roman just like kind of bulldozes everybody as Shiv is just like, we can't actually be talking about this. And Roman just makes the like brass tacks case that this dude is just blockbuster, that he's just a box office smash and that that, and that essentially he's moving the Overton window and that, you know, whatever he winds up becoming, like this is ultimately really good for TV and really good for their channel. It's that. And I think that Shiv doesn't fully understand that it is zero sum. There's a winner and there's a loser. And we're trying to pick a winner because that's all that matters, right? Because, like, there's no way to get half a win, to partially win, to be like, oh, we backed the nicest, most respectable guy in the race. However, we're out of the seat of power. That's not a win. Right. She, when she tries to flip them to the Democrats, she's just like, if none of these Republicans are, are working which, for us, we can go blue. Which, by the way, is actually how it works, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, Goldman donated to... Romney and Obama. Right. Okay. Like that's actually how our politics work. But yeah, no, like Roman's just like, look, not only is this attracting a different audience for us, right? Like the non-dick pill audience, right? Um, it's attracting that. But like this dude can win with our help. Like we're we're helping our product on one hand and 
we're helping that product on the other, right? Like, which then gives us a seat at the table. It's like, it's kind of a no-brainer for them. They're not in the respectability game. They're not in the... <laughs> they're not trying to like, win Peabody's. So, yeah, they're not trying no, to... No, yeah, and, right. like and not even just that, like, you know, there was this idea I talk about all the time, right? Where, like, the wasp up in the Upper East and on Park Ave, like, the reason why... They made the public parks and all of these things downtown for the Jews and the Irish and lower Manhattan because they were they understood there was like it was a public trust and it was a sort of social contract. It's like, yeah, the Jews in the, in the mix, they're slovenly and lazy, but like, let's at least make a park for them. Right. Like they intrinsically, they understood that. Our new overlords and overseers, no, 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 no. They don't believe in any of that stuff. It's To them, everything is zero sum. No, it's consumer. Right? Like, they, they're only interested in the consumer end angle of it. They're not, they're that's not, it. They're not Nothing trying to give else. us like any kind of public space. Um, uh, you know, so the two sort of acquisitions that Roman makes over the course of these two episodes, one's making the, uh, the uh, amazingly played by Justin Kirk, who has this like real like YouTuber meets Peter Thiel, meets like a little bit of, I may, I, I almost like- Jordan like, Peterson. Yeah, like kind of kind of that, like thought leadership, but then also like, you know, has like a, a degree of, um, you know, a little bit of like edgy Richard Spencer-y energy to him. And then in the, the, the other episode, in the, in the birthday episode, we meet Alexander Skarsgård's character who plays this guy named Lucas, who's got this company, Gojo, which we, I mean- I'm trying to wrap my. I, I'm like assuming it's something like Twitch. It's some sort of like, like streaming community kind of thing. It seems to be that like they want to buy the tech that is Gojo and then put their content library on it. So there's a sort of tech versus content marriage. I've been fascinated watching like over the years, the seasons. The kids try to mold the company into their own image. Whether it's Kendall trying to be like this should be a social justice warrior kind of place <laughs> that like atones for its sins versus Roman. Who's just like, fuck that. Like we're going to the moon in the same direction that we've been going this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like, I don't think the show is really concerned about what Gojo actually is. It's just, you need to know that this nouveau riche company is something they want to get into because it will help them, right? Like, that's all we kind of want to know. And again, like, these newly rich people, um, these people who don't come from the school of Logan, who, by the way, like, Logan's always kind of right. You know, like, it's beneath him to go grovel to this tech bro. It really <laughs> is. Like, bro, like, bro, I got my money way before you. No matter how this pans out, I'll be filthy rich and filthy, like, richer than you. And, like, I've done more than you in more different fields. Like, bro, I, I could send my little spalpeen, okay? Like, he'll go over there and grovel towards you. This is beneath me. So, like, I just think, <laughs> I just think Roman just understands the sort of the internet of it all, yeah. right? Like he, he speaks that muscular language of the internet and Logan is like, that's not my shit. These disrespectful dudes can't even come to my office and just have a normal meeting. Right. I, like it's really not his thing. Yeah. Like Roman you know? like is like, 
just assume everyone kind of has low grade Aspergers, and you're like, you know, it, it's not like that's not an, a meant to be an offense that he didn't show up. He's just not showing up because he's been looking at his phone right. for 17 right. hours. Yep. Um, I want to ask you before we go into like a kind of not predictive mode, but just at least talking a little bit about the last two episodes, uh, the the upcoming two episodes. I want to ask you quickly about Naomi. Uh, Naomi doesn't get a ton of screen time this season. But she does pop back up at the 40th birthday. And I thought that they had like a crucial little scene. It'll be interesting to see if it winds up playing out over the next couple of episodes where, in a rather hostile gesture, Roman and Logan make a buyout offer to Kendall for his shares of Waystar, which apparently amounts to about $2 billion. And Naomi seems to be encouraging Kendall to take it. Now, do you think, did you read that scene as she wants this guy to get free of this family and just kind of like, Come, just take the two bill, set up a foundation, buy the Atlantic, do whatever he's going to do, and and live life with her? Or do you think that she has some sort of ulterior motive involved here in some capacity? Like, what? How do you feel about her? And, and I also wanted to ask you about the watch scene. So it's obvious to me that she's independently wealthy. Yeah, but she's a Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not like she needs Kendall's money. Or wealth. I think it's just she's supposed to be our avatar in that scene and, and just saying the obvious, just like, wait, so like they just offered you two billion dollars to never have to deal with any of this toxicity ever again. And you're thinking about not doing it. I, I mean, I don't know about you, Chris, but like <laughs> and I've had very few toxic situations in my life. I've been blessed that way. But in the few that I have, if somebody was like, here's $2 billion to get away from to it. To fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it seems obvious that that's something to do. And, you know, I think that scene serves the, a dual purpose of being like, there are no real stakes for these people. Mm -hmm. Like, Ken, Ken, uh, Ken completely losing egg on his face, falling flat, being a complete failure in his endeavors ends in him getting a $2 billion check. Yeah, but you can tell that for all of these people, the only thing that matters is their relevance in relationship to the son that is Logan and the son that is being in charge right. of his company. Because right. he's not happy at this party where he's essentially created the Magic Kingdom for all 40-year-old recovering backpackers. And he he's looking at a $2 billion check. And the only thing he can come up with is like this fantasy land stuff about like buying the LA Times and putting like his dad on the cover every day. It's like he isn't anything if he's not Kendall Roy heir to the throne. Just like Shiv isn't anything if she's like, I'm right. fourth in command. Like, what is that? Like, if I'm not on the board, <laughs> if I work for right. Roman while he's like ushering in fascism, it's, it's, yeah, you're right. There is no consequences, but there's really no price tag on what they want. 100%. And I think, like I said, that scene does the dual purpose of being like, yo, this is what the consequence is. And also, like, this girl is encouraging him to do what's best for him. You know, that's why I don't think she's some like, Trojan, Trojan horse sneak attack. It's like she's encouraging him to do the best 
what so obviously would be the best for his mental health and his psyche, you know. Um, but obviously, Ken, Kendall can't will never want to quit these people. He can't. Well, He's I mean, addicted. yeah, for the sake of the show, he can't really either. I don't think it's the kind of show where it's like, here's Kendall no, who's no, in like no, no. an obviously other show. Obviously, yeah. that's not on the table. But it does for go, sure. it goes towards the larger conversation that's been happening about this show, which is kind of like, well, what was this season about? You know, like what are, where, where I see now you make that face. And that's interesting. Cause like, I think you probably are like, why would you watch this show for that reason? Right. I I mean, what is this season yeah. about? Uh, like, look again, if, if you don't watch this show and think about the circumstances of our own reality here in this country, I don't know what to tell you, right? Like the show, like there was a scene where somebody asked Siobhan, because, you know, rich people always make a big show about their philanthropy. Yes. I'm a philanthropist. Yes. I don't need to be taxed. I don't need the government to pick what I do with my money because I'm so generous in philanthropy. And remember they asked Shiv, like, do you even know, like the event that she showed up to? She's like, do you even know what it's called or what it's for? Right. Right. And the sh and this episode is like, this is what they do with their money. This is what they do. This is what the money goes towards. This is what like, you know, trickle down is. This is what it's trickling down to, right. y'all. Like, this is what the show is explaining to you guys. Like the ultra wealthy. It's not that they're these hyper competent people. And not only are they not hyper competent, they're fucking ghouls and monsters. That's the point of the season. I don't know. Maybe I'm watching. You're a absolutely right. Show. No, you know what it is? It's the <laughs> difference between like what you're taking from it thematically and intellectually versus what you're taking from it dramatically. So dramatically right. speaking, I think we've been conditioned by succession over the last two seasons to expect some sort of narrative movement one way or the other. And usually in somewhat something of a twist, like the first season had the number one boy kind of uh Come now, now you're mine. Like I own you because you killed a guy. The second season had Kendall going to the press conference. The third season, I think we've gotten to this point, and I'm like, I actually have like a clearer picture. It's given me more to think about, more to laugh about, more to like really ponder in terms of like this portrait of these fucked up people. But I don't know like what Gojo is and whether buying it is a good idea or a bad idea or how it can be like kind of weaponized for one side or the other. So in terms of those things, I think I understand why people are like sort of questioning that. I, I don't know where it goes for the next two episodes. I think the next one is obviously about their, their mother's wedding. Uh, so we get another wedding, which is dope. But yeah, I'm not sure. Like to me, it's like, I've, I've, I feel like the, the sixth episode especially was so eye opening and so, so like amazing. Like that to me is like enough of, of a gift that I don't need to find out that Tom's been wearing a wire. Bruh, it, it, I don't know what to tell plot fiends. Like, I'm sorry. Like, does it... The, the, we're, what post the show plot. Show, we're post plot on this podcast. They're showing you... Like, they're, they're showing you without telling you. The freaking... The feds getting off of their backs is just 30 seconds and we're done with it. Right. That's... But that's how things work for yeah, these Yeah, think people. about what we were watching now. <laughs> think about what we're watching now over the last four years. Yeah. That's how things go for them. Like, Mike Flynn commits all of these crimes or whatever before Trump's out of office. Your pardon, bro. <laughs> that <ain't> never happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how our system works for these specific 
people. Um, like the show is explaining to you that like the way things work, these things that you think are going to take them down never right. will. That shoe is not going to drop. I, I, is this a spoiler alert? I, like the actual no. drama is the family mm -hmm. stuff. Is like, cause as repulsive as all these people are, like I felt found myself feeling bad for Kendall. Yeah. Right? Like I felt bad what they did to him at the party. I felt bad when you asked Shiv. So like you didn't come to my party like to see me at all. Like that was none of your motivation. You were just using it to get to this guy. Yeah. Like I felt bad about that. That's where they're delivering the stakes and the drama, like the plot, like the shareholder and Adrian Brody and voting them off. Like the show is explaining to you that that shit is beside the point. I right. think they're telling you a story about our overseers, man. And if you don't understand that, I don't, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you should be the, the, the tagline for this podcast. I can't think of a better place <laughs> to end. We'll be back next Friday, getting into the, um, the finale. Unbelievably, we're coming up on the end of this season. So Sunday is the penultimate episode. Waz and I will be back to preview the finale next week. Uh, thanks to John Kerman for producing us this week. Waz, thanks so much, man. Yeah, just looking forward to the three Ps, man. Privacy, <laughs> pussy, and pasta. That's so, it. That's all I, I knew you were going to work it in. These days. <laughs> the three Ps. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> Later. <laughs>